Hi friends, this is JFET. Whether you're around the corner or across the world, welcome to The Daily Walk. I want you to take a moment today to pause in Jesus and see what new thing could take place in your life. At the end of this podcast, you can download our app, Boulder Church, or visit us online at boulder.church to connect. And remember, we would love to hear from you as we prepare for our messages every Saturday morning on The Daily Walk. Good morning. It's Sunday, January 6th. Welcome to Daily Walk. I am Becky Oliveira, And I'm Japheth Oliveira. And uh, let's pray for a brand new week and uh, for a new passage as well. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for today. I want to thank you for the opportunity to read your word and for us to reflect on it. I ask for your wisdom and for your guidance and your blessing. God, I thank you for this uh, for this beautiful passage. I thank you for all the insights it's going to bring us and uh, may it challenge us deeply as a church community. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, I'm reading Ephesians chapter 3, the whole thing. That's verses 1 through 21 in the English Standard Version, the ESV. Subheading, the mystery of the gospel revealed. For this reason I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation as I have written briefly. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this gospel I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given, to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things." so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might be, might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. Prayer for spiritual strength. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, for an ever and ever. Amen. Amen. Did you see it? Did I see what? Grounded in love. Oh, yeah. I yeah. actually didn't notice it. Verse 17. Yeah, got it. So Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you may be rooted and grounded in love, which is the name of the series that we're doing right now. And, uh, and so we're excited about that. And this week, we're going to be looking at our church. So last week, we looked at our circle, which was looking at our personal story and how we actually live in that kind of zone uh, with God personally. And now we're looking at what God calls us as a church. And I, I think it's kind of, yeah, there's a lot of stuff we're going to unpack this week. But let's just deal with the question for today. I'm going to encourage you, first of all, 
to read The Daily Walk, which is written by Mark Wittes, uh, as he's doing it for the entire series for us. And uh, you can read it at boulder.church forward slash daily, or you can subscribe to it by email. Um, but I encourage you to do that. It's really good. Uh, here's the question for you. Have you ever felt like you didn't belong? How did you react? Have you ever been the agent of rejection? As you move forward, how can you practice more inclusion in your life and in your church? Mm, you know, I have a different perspective on not belonging. Oh, yeah? Well, I think it's often one of the best things that can happen to someone. So I, I think that that experience of not being part of a group or, or whatever is a thing that gives you insight. So I've, I've felt, looking back on my life, that the parts of my life in oh. which I have not belonged have been some of the best for me, kind of creatively I think, and I think everybody experiences that at some point. Yeah. Right? So Yeah, I, I don't... I mean, there's some, there's some situations in which I feel really proud of the fact that I don't belong. There's yeah. some groups of people I'm happy to be a misfit, <laughs> quite frankly. <laughs> And, and then other ones where I, I, I'm not necessarily happy about it, but I think it's a valuable experience to know mm. what it's like and to be on the outside looking in. You observe things differently than you do when you belong. I think it's interesting that I think that's interesting that we, we may think that we we don't belong, or we may think that uh, some people actually have uh, all the advantages and that they always belong. But I think everybody at some point in their life feels like they they do not belong. Oh, yeah. I mean, something. even in certain situations where everything is going well for you and you mm-hmm. fit in a lot, all you have to do is go to your kid's elementary school or somewhere. Do you remember how much we used to always feel like such weirdo misfits mm-hmm. when we'd go to like donuts with dads or muffins mm-hmm. with moms in Berrien Springs? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it was just like, Those were okay. wonderful, wonderful moments. Yeah, and there have very, been a lot uh, of very situations. Very learning moments. <laughs> like that. Um, I think... Probably most of them are connected somehow with our kids' schools. That yeah. I think those are many times the places that I'll feel most. You know, it's, yeah, it's interesting. Out of place. I used to strangely. I used to change schools. Uh, like I remember this vividly. Like every one or two years, I would change schools when I was growing up as a child, and so I would always kind of be like the new kid on the block. Yeah. Uh, at a school, and and as you you arrive, you don't belong. So you, you kind of like I had this always this kind of like a. I'm always placed in this situation where I do not belong in the room, in this in this location, and I have to kind of forge my way through it, and uh, and kind of find a way through that kind well, of place. Well, you know, yeah. my my professor, um, who was German, my senior year when I told him I was moving to England, mm. he said, "You will spend the rest of your life, and it will be as if you were sitting on two chairs. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of half of your backside on one, and half mm. of your backside on the other." And he said, you know, you, you can do it. It's just not necessarily comfortable. Hmm. And I thought that that was very true. I mean, mm. and I think I've been sitting on two chairs ever since, even though we moved back to the U.S. There's something because you change in certain ways through well, certain yeah, experiences that you go through. So well, you know, you go back to England and you don't really fit in there anymore. Yeah, that's and true. He, that's what he told me. He said, you know, I'm foreign here. You know, I speak with an accent. People know that I'm German, but I go back to Germany and you know, they think that my clothes are strange and I don't fit mm-hmm. in there because I've changed after all of these years. He'd been in the U.S. for probably 40 years at that point. No, that's, that is very true, actually. I, I guess wherever, what's that Rolling Stone song, wherever you lay your hat, that's your home. Um, I think that's kind of the metaphor you have to kind of like live by. You have to kind of create the space. And it's okay. That fact that you don't belong has given you something. Well, yeah. Extra that all the people who are part of the wallpaper don't have that. Yeah. They're 
you know. I, I think the second part of this question is actually also really a hard one and, and a good one as well. Have you ever been the agent of rejection? Um, mm. That's actually really painful. I, I would I would hate to imagine that I actually have ever been part of the agent of rejection. But Oh, I can think of it. I, think, I, did, I was think, the agent think, of rejection really recently. But yeah, go ahead. You were going to say something. Yeah, but I think, well, yeah, I think, I think that it's just, it's, there are moments that I, I do recall where I'm like, yeah, I think I've been part of like the, the group that's actually pushed somebody else away. And, uh, and actually I feel, I feel pretty bad about that kind of stuff. I don't want to ever be associated or be part of anything that actually pushes somebody else away. Yeah. I mean, I, my example, this doesn't make me look very good, but it was a fellowship lunch, probably the last one we had. So a couple of weeks ago. And there is a homeless guy who comes to our church quite a bit. Mm. And, you know, I talk to him sometimes. I hooked up a ride for him to town maybe a week before this incident. But he came and sat at the table that I was sitting at. I was talking to a friend of mine. And he just tends to be a really profoundly negative person, which, you know, I say that. And then I think, well, yes, Becky, you would probably be negative, too, if you were living on the street, etc., but I just didn't feel like dealing with him because it's not just that he's negative, but he talks in a way that is hard to follow. There's some kind of mental illness yeah, problems yeah. going on there. And I just didn't want to have to put the energy into trying to respond correctly because if you don't respond correctly, you get a yeah. you get kind of rage and it's hard to know how to respond because the conversations are nonsensical and it's hard to know what response will elicit rage as opposed to, you know... A, furthering of a nice conversation you just have no idea so I just didn't feel like dealing with it and therefore I didn't talk to him but I feel bad about that because I think yeah he probably did feel neglected well and doesn't it lean lend itself into or pull itself into that whole thing that we were talking about last week about capacity and uh, and how much we can actually pull on to and yeah, take on to. But the thing is, I could, it's not that I don't have the capacity. It's just I was tired and I just didn't want to. Well, but that's different. Not wanting to do something is different than not being able to do it. I know, I know. And this is the difficulty of what what we're calling to ourselves this week to look at is what what is it to be a church? What is it that when we're saying we're grounded in love and we are we're called to be this kind of church? What does that actually look like? And that's actually yeah, and it I is think really difficult. Th- this gets hard for people because we put ourselves or we hold ourselves to a high standard, and that standard for me, I suppose, would mean that I never have a right to have a moment of comfort mm-hmm. where I can just talk to somebody that I enjoy talking to without having to do something difficult. And I, you know, I sit in that tension all the time. I don't know whether you do have a right to absolve yourself of responsibility for difficult things ever for even a moment. But I mean, we all take those breaks. I just I, don't know whether I that's think, okay. I think that they, I think they actually are okay. I think that we just don't know how to actually uh, give ourselves that freedom. Like I think that when you look at the stories in the Bible and, and, and the example of Christ is just the most powerful example. I mean, the fact that he actually took time to go away from the crowd um, mm. It's pretty amazing because they would circle around the lake to go and find him. You know, they would like chase yeah. him down. I think there's a reason why he actually withdrew from the the crowds and withdrew from the people to go replenish himself. Mm. Uh, and I think we actually. But I wasn't replenishing myself. No. I was just talking to my friend. Yeah, I and understand. And it wasn't like I went off I to speak to God or to do something. I understand. But I also think that it's uh, it takes a certain level of engagement, a certain well, level. Well, and of work. I think the other thing I was thinking was I wasn't even sure whether my friend would be happy 
like pulling this person into the conversation? Like, is it then making things awkward for I know multiple people? I know. And you yet, know? And yet we love and we, we are supposed to look after and we've got to find a way forward. So these are heavy things. Yeah, it was a bad thing. I mean, I just... It's I, a heavy I don't, thing. It doesn't sit well with me, but there you go. No. Well, and, that, and, may, and that's the spirit of God talking to you, right? So, But yeah, it is. But then the last part of this question, as you move forward, how can you practice more inclusion in your life and in your church? I actually don't know because... I mean, no one of us can include everybody. We just can't. I mean, you just said that there is a capacity limit. You cannot include everybody. You can't be best friends with everybody, even if everybody was great and you had no, no problems with anybody. You know, I find it hard to find time for the group of friends that I have. Yeah. Of just feeling like, okay, do I have time to I think, go I to think coffee it, with this person or do whatever it is that I'm supposed to do? I think it's about motivation. I think it's about motivation. I think it's about guilt. I think it's about uh, it's about being honest with God and about being honest with the people as well. And all of those things have to be unpacked this week. So it's a, it's a lot to uh, to address. But it is going to be a complex week because living in church uh, and being grounded in love uh, has implications for our lives. So we're well past our time. Um, let me repeat these questions for you to think about. Have you ever felt like you didn't belong? How did you react? Have you ever been the agent of rejection? Uh, as you move forward, how can you practice more inclusion in your life and in your church? We will definitely have to address this this week. I hope you do today. Look after each other, live love, and we will connect tomorrow. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Daily Walk podcast today. Hey, if you remember, if you have any questions, reach out to us online at boulder.church. And if you can help support us, please feel free to give online at boulder.church forward slash give. Until next time, look after each other and live love.